Come on, say it with a smile. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Father, that we can come as a people to your house and learn. And so I pray that the Spirit of God will take what's being said and change it from logos into rhema. That every person under the sound of my voice and those who are watching, when they hear the word, somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit will take the word and translate it in a way that it relates to their lives. And so I thank you now for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word today. And I declare in Jesus' name, no weapon formed against what's going to be taught shall prosper. And we declare that now in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're starting a new series today entitled Growing in Your Faith. Everybody say Growing in Your Faith. I'm excited about this series, and we all have different talents, gifts, and abilities that God, who is the ultimate giver, has given us. But there is one thing, everybody say one thing, there is one thing that God gives to every believer to equalize us all, and that one thing, of course, is faith. This faith that God has given us is the one thing that will allow every believer to succeed in life to reach new levels, to overcome major obstacles, listen, to experience God's best for their life, and that's our faith. Look at your neighbor and say, I have faith. And so uh, if this is going to be a year of substantial growth for us, if it's going to be a year of accelerated manifestation, and if it's going to be a year of record-breaking opportunities, we're going to need to learn how to use our faith like never before. And so the goal of the series uh, for the next four weeks is to help some discover their faith, help others strengthen their faith, and then help us all understand and utilize our faith so that we can experience what I'm going to call unprecedented things in your life. So I have three points today. And then I have an illustration that I'm going to give you. So if you're taking notes, if you have the notes online or if you have the notes in-house, the first point is the power of faith. We're going to talk about the power of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it gives what I call the theological definition of faith. But I'm going to give you a different perspective today because the goal is not only for you to know in your head what faith is, but ultimately I'm going to hopefully help you understand what the spirit of faith is all about. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and faith is the evidence of things 
not seen. Now, when you look the word substance up, I put it in your notes, it's the word confidence. So we could say that faith is the confidence of things hoped for. But that word substance also means a setting under, this is really good, watch this, a foundation, which is where we put a house or we start a house with. But then here's the one I'm hopefully going to help you see today. It also means that which settles at the bottom or the word settlement. In other words, Faith is the substance, it's the bottom, it's what's settled, it's the foundation, it's the setting under, watch this, of things hoped for, and it's the setting under or the evidence of things not seen. So based on Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, so faith is the substance, and then faith is evidence. So watch this now. That means that faith has to have some tangibility to it. Because... Even though we can't see matter, even though we can't see molecules, they exist. Can you say amen to that? Well, if it says that faith is a substance, if, if it's evidence, that, that means that there's something about it other than just spiritual. Now, anytime you and I need to have evidence or proof of something that exists, all we have to do now is refer to the natural. In other words, the natural proves to us that something exists. But watch this now. Our faith is the thing now that God's given us that gives us proof of something we don't have yet. Just like a receipt, when you buy something in the store, the receipt is proof of purchase. Then your faith, watch this now, is proof of something you may not have in your hands right now. And see, that's the thing. My goal is to show you that you don't need to have in your hands to have it in your hand. Faith is the evidence of that. Say amen to that. And God has equalized the spiritual playing field when we all got born again. And he did that by giving us all the same amount of faith. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 tells us that. It says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Look at your, per look at your neighbor and say, you every man. He said, unto every man among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But watch it. He tells us how to think. He says, but think soberly according, watch this, as God has dealt or issued or given to every man. Read it with me. The, the measure of faith. So God has given every believer the same amount of faith. Here's the problem. A lot of believers don't know how to use what they have. And all the promises, everybody say all. Here's the problem. All the promises of God can only be accessed with faith. Listen, if the promises of God could come by begging, we would have a whole lot of promises in our life. If the promises of God could come by us wishing, we would have a whole lot of wishing promises in our life. If the, if the promises of God came by just asking men, then maybe we would have the promises of God. But no, no, no. The promises of God are accessed by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to jump around, but I'm going to start in verse 30, uh, verse 24. It says, what's the first two words in that verse, church? Come on, say it out loud. Come on, type it in the comment sections. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And then if you jump down to verse 27, it says, by faith, everybody say by faith. 
by faith he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Through faith, everybody say through faith. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. And if you continue to read, it talked about all the different things that Moses did. By faith, in verse 29, he passed through the Red Sea. And then it says in verse 30, by faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. How did the walls of Jericho fall? By faith. And then it says by faith, harlot, the harlot Rahab perished not. Then verse 32, it says, now what shall we say the more? For the time would fail us to talk about Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and Samuel and all the prophets. He's saying, listen, time would pass us by if we try to talk about all these other people. And then he says, all of those people, verse 33, picks it up by saying, they who through faith, everybody say through faith. Let's see what they did through faith. Through faith, what's the first thing they did? They subdued kingdoms. What's the second thing they did through faith? They wrought righteousness. What's the third thing they did through faith? They obtained promises. And if it took them to obtain the promises of God for their life by using their faith, it's going to take our faith for us to obtain the promises of God. And so what I have to do is make sure I can clearly communicate what faith is and how to use it because if the only way we're going to access the promises is with our faith, then it just behooves us to understand what faith is all about. Say amen to that. Let me give you one more. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the word be established. And so one of the reasons that Pastor Evan teaches is so you could see that it's not me saying it, it's the Bible saying it. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Here's another promise. The promise of the Spirit received by faith is also something we have to do. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Thank God for that. For it is written... Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Why? So that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ. Watch this. That we, you and I, might receive. And that word receive is the word lambano. He says that we might receive lambano, take hold of, watch this, the promise of what, church? The promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, now you say, well, Pastor Evan... It says, receive the promise. There are two main words in the New Testament for the word receive. You have the word receive, we just read, and it's in the Greek, it's the word lambano. It means to take. So, this handkerchief is on the table. If I want to lambano that handkerchief, I must take the handkerchief. That's what lambano means. That's what he said, that's how you receive the promise of the Spirit. But see, most people, they don't want, a lot of people don't speak in tongues. It's not because they can't. It's because they don't understand they have to take hold of it. Now, see, there's another word in the New Testament. It's the same word receive, but it's the Greek word dekamaya. And dekamaya just means to accept. So that's like somebody comes and all I have to do is have my hands open and they come and put the, the handkerchiefs in my hand. They, I didn't do anything. They did the work and put it in my hands. And so that's the problem. Some people, they want to speak in tongues, but they think it's going to get decamaya to them when that really what they need to do is lambano that thing. Amen. Look, you don't need the Holy Spirit to talk. When do you talk? You talk when you decide to, right? Well, the Holy Spirit's the same way. Same way. 
You can do it anytime you get ready. So when you see people say, they, I'm out of control, they are out of control. So these promises that we get through faith, these will help us grow. And so what I want to do now is talk about the process of faith. That's point number two. I want to talk about the process of faith because this one right here is where I really want to spend some time this morning, the process of faith. And there are three categories of faith that I want to just briefly go over. Okay, these three categories are the different, uh, I would say, levels that faith could be in. So sometimes we have weak faith. Everybody say weak faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 19, it talks about Abraham, and it says, And being not weak, that word weak means feeble, sickly, and without strength. Feeble, weakly, sickly, and without strength. So it says, Abraham, he was not feeble, he was not sickly, and he was not without strength in faith. How do we know that? Because the scripture says, he considered not his own body now dead. So that tells me that if he considered not his own body being dead, that means he was not in weak faith. That means weak faith is when I consider all the circumstances. So if you and I are always considering what's going on, well, how's this going to work? And how's God going to do this? And I don't know what's this going to work out. You know, that's weak faith because weak faith considers the circumstances. Well, it says he was not weak in faith, so he didn't consider his own body that was a hundred years old, neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in what, church? He was strong in faith, and while he was strong in his faith, he was able to give glory to God. And this is why a lot of times we cannot praise God in the midst of circumstances, because our, our faith is weak. And then it says, and being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he, God, was able to perform what he promised. Say amen to that. So we have weak faith. And then we have little faith. This is Luke chapter 12, verse 27. It says, consider the lilies, how they grow, and they toil not, and neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, Jesus said, that Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which today is in the field, and tomorrow is going to burn up in Texas heat, I added that, how much more will he clothe you, O you of what church? Little faith. So you and I, we walk in little faith when we can't trust God to supply the minimum. That he already gives to, to the flowers. Have you ever seen a squirrel worried? Sitting on your porch scratching his head trying to figure out where he going to get his, his, his next meal from? He's not saying, no, no, no. So wait a minute, that's why I got a question. He, he don't have a savings account, but maybe some of them, you know, saving some, some acorns somewhere. All right? But for the most part, they don't have a savings account. They trust the word. That says, give me this day my daily bread. Listen, if a bird, if a squirrel, if a rabbit, if a raccoon can trust God to supply what they need every day, how much more shall we be able to trust him? And when you and I start wondering if God is going to supply the minimum, our faith is little. And then here's the next one. Everybody say great faith. See, some of y'all being convicted right now. It's like, oh, I didn't know I had little faith. Well, welcome to America. 
Great faith. Matthew chapter 8 verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he was talking to the centurion. He marveled and he said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so... Come on church, what did he say? Great faith, no, not in Israel. That's the kind of faith I want to walk in. So here's the question. How do we increase and strengthen our faith so that we're able to please God, succeed in life, reach new levels, overcome major obstacles, and obtain desires that are in our hearts? Because the only way we're going to get these promises is that we have to use our faith. So now let's go over to Romans chapter 10, verse 16. Now I'm going to share this verse with you, but I promise you what I'm going to share about this verse you've never seen before. Romans 10, 16. My question is this. How do we increase and strengthen our faith so that we're able to please God? Because the scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So how do we increase and strengthen our faith so we can please God? So we can succeed in life. How many wants to succeed in life? I do. Number three, how to reach new levels. How to overcome major obstacles because the Bible says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So my faith is connected to me overcoming in life. And then how do I use my faith to obtain the desires that are in our hearts? Romans 10, 16 and 17 says this. So then faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing what? By the word of God. Here's a take home thought I want you to think about. Just because faith comes doesn't mean faith was used. Did you get that? Just because faith comes. See, right now, because I'm teaching the word, faith is coming. But just because faith is coming doesn't mean faith is being used. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm saying this to you. Faith can come into your heart, but it's up to you to use it when it gets there. Say amen to that. If you needed a car, because your car broke down, you needed a car to drive, and I come and allow you to use my car, and I brought you my car, that don't mean you're going to use it. That's your choice. And that's the thing. Every believer, everybody say every believer. Every believer has faith because God gave it to you. But every believer is not using what God gave them. Now, let's read James chapter 2, verse uh, 17 in the New Living Translation, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, give you an illustration. James chapter 2, verse 17 in the New Living says this. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds or works, the King James calls it, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, well, some people have faith and others have good deeds or good works. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? He says, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Verse 19, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Well, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds or works is useless? In other words, he said, listen, God has put on the inside of every believer the measure of faith. But the problem is he can't make us use it. So this Kool-Aid, how many drank Kool-Aid growing up? Let me see your hand. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid. 
Some of y'all, the new generation, they don't even know what Kool-Aid is. Y'all remember the Kool-Aid man? Hey, Kool-Aid! He come right there like, you know. So this Kool-Aid represents our faith. Right? And uh, just so, for those of you who want to know, it's the cherry. Somebody was always thinking, I wonder what flavor that is. It's cherry. Here's, here's the problem, huh? Red. I'm sorry. For those of you who have raised in the hood and the ghetto, red. Suburbs, cherry. <laughs> All right. Some of us, we got faith sitting around, ain't doing nothing. It's doing nothing. So what I want to do is tell you what this process is and how to work it. Because listen, most people hear the word. Faith comes. But their faith is dormant because they don't use the word so their faith can become alive. Watch this now. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. Put it up there and then I'm going to illustrate this. Hebrews 4 2. It says, watch this now church. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word that was preached did not profit them. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you can hear the word and the word don't work for you because you can't just hear the word. You have to mix the word with faith. Say amen to that. And the word mixture, when you look it up, it means to commingle and combine. So here we go. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's my taste test cup. So here it is. We have faith. Everybody's given the same amount. God gave everybody two packets. He didn't say, oh, I love Evan, so I'm going to give him one packet. No. He gave everybody two packets. All right? So the problem is we hear the word. Right? And uh, the word starts coming. And watch this now. It looks like, it looks like Kool-Aid, but it's really trash. Because if you taste this without that sugar, you might as well put it in the trash. Say amen to that. This ain't no good. Who drinks this? Nobody drinks that. It's like people that drink coffee straight. I don't understand it. They drink it black, no cream. No sugar, I don't get it. That's like Kool-Aid with no sugar. It's like drinking hot dirt. So here it is. Watch this now. Faith comes. That was the Kool-Aid. We hear the word, there's water. The problem is, remember now, I said just because you receive faith doesn't mean you use it. Well, that's where now doing the word comes in at. So here's the problem. We come in and we know we know we're supposed to do the word. We know it. 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 (laughs) This is ghetto flavor. Ghetto flavor. (laughs) All that sugar now. He gonna get sugar diabetes. Calm down. It's gonna be all right. 
Now you can see. Can you see, church? Come on, zoom in for those who are at home. Can you see the sediment at the bottom? It's just sitting there. You know why? Because I heard the word. Faith came. But I ain't done nothing with it right now. I want the blessings of God, but I don't want to tie it. It's sitting at the bottom. So let's read this verse again, and then we're going to come back and do a taste test. The scripture says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. But unto us, word of truth, family, church, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word that was preached from Pastor Eben did not profit the church because they didn't mix it with faith when they heard it. Guess what? You got to mix it. You got to mix this thing. I'm going to do what God says do. I'm going to obey his word. I'm going to give. I'm going to serve. You got to mix it. Let's do a taste test. Mm. I ain't crazy now. So, so here's the question as, as, as I wrap this up. Because this, this, this ain't even a good part right here. This ain't even a good part. Here's the good part. Here's the question. So if faith is considered evidence, because we read it in Hebrews 11.1. 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and my faith is the evidence of what I don't see right now. So here's the question. If faith is considered evidence, watch this church, then what does this faith evidence look like? Here's point number three. The practice of faith. Luke chapter 17, and this is so good here, boy. I tell you what, this revelation will make you slap your mama, I promise you. Luke Luke 17, don't do it though. (laughs) Talking about Pastor Edmund told me. And I'm going to be conducting your funeral. (laughs) Luke 17, look at verse 3. This was Jesus talking. He says, take heed to yourselves. He says, he was talking to his disciples. If your brother trespasses against you or your sister or your cousin, if your mother or your co-worker, I got to put them all in there. If they transgress or trespass against you, he says, rebuke them. And if he repents, forgive them. Verse 4, and if he trespass you against you seven times in a day, oh my God, and seven times in a day turn again to you and says, oh, I'm sorry. He says, then you shall forgive them. Then the apostle says, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) Wait a minute. I got to forgive them seven times in one day? So that's where they said, increase our faith. So watch this church. The scenario is this. They trying to figure out how they going to forgive somebody that much. Jesus said, listen, the only way you're going to be able to forgive, I'm talking to somebody right now, the only way you're going to have to be able to forgive somebody is by faith anyway. Because if you, uh, if, listen, if you forgive by the flesh, that's why you go back and remember it and, and you holding it against them. Because you, you forgiving in the flesh. No, no, no. We're, talking about, we're not talking about flesh forgiveness. We're talking about faith forgiveness. So he says here, increase our faith so that says a couple of things number one that says that my faith can be increased see some of y'all are still at saving faith that's all you got 
you got enough faith to get saved. I ain't going to hell. Praise the Lord. I ain't going to hell. But you haven't held down here because you don't know how to use your faith to, for God to give the promises in your life. Number one, my faith can in, be increased. And then it says, and the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root and be planted in the, in the sea, and it shall obey you. So here's my question. What does faith or the evidence of faith look like? Here's number one. Let's see what Jesus did. Because see, think about this. They asked him a question. Lord, increase our faith. So he's not going to just walk away without answering their question. That's just like you coming to me and saying, Pastor, you know, and I have some water. And Pastor Evan, may I have some water? And I just act like I didn't hear you. No, they said increase our faith. Well, what was the first thing Jesus did? Watch this. So that their faith could be increased. The first thing Jesus did is that he said something. He said, look at verse 6. Pull up verse 6 for me. It says, read it with me. And the Lord... Say it again. And the Lord. Okay, so he asked, they asked him, how can we increase our faith, Lord? Will you increase our faith? And so the first thing that Jesus did is that he said something. You say, well, why does that be a big deal? Because how does faith come? It comes out. So in order for them to get an increase of faith of, of where they're not right now, he has to say something because faith comes by hearing and hearing the what? The word. So the first thing Jesus did is he said something. Here's the second thing Jesus did to increase their faith. Jesus did something. Watch what he did. He gave gave an example or a comparison of what faith was about. If you look in verse 6, Luke 17, 6, it says, And the Lord said, watch what he does, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. In other words, Jesus used an example. He was comparing faith to something. And this comparison, watch this now, church, helps us see that faith is not always overnight. Because he said faith is like the grain of a mustard seed. Do you get a harvest overnight when you plant a seed? No. So what Jesus was doing, he was not only saying, I'm going to talk to you so your faith can go up. He also was saying, look, I want you to compare faith to a seed and and the thing about a seed is that it's not going to happen overnight it can but that's called a miracle it's going to happen over time and so hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 verifies this it says that you and i be not slothful but be followers of those who through faith watch this now church and what else are y'all with me come on let's try it again it says that you be not slothful but followers of those, read it with me, who through faith and did what? So how do I get the promises? Sometimes it's going to take some faith and what else? And that's the problem. We don't want to wait. But waiting is part of the faith process. Or he would not have compared faith to a seed. It's not going to happen overnight. Now, if it happens overnight, that's a miracle. But that's not something we can control. That's what God controls. But he put faith in us so we can control it. So, first thing Jesus did, he said something. The second thing Jesus did, he gave us an example or a comparison of what faith is. Here's the third thing that Jesus did. He told them to say something. 
Watch this. This is so good. Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 6. And the Lord said. Who said? The Lord said. If you had faith. As a grain of a mustard seed. Read these three words with me. You might say. Wow. They ask him. Hey, 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 Jesus. How do I increase my faith? Will you increase our faith? He says, okay. First of all, I need to say something to you. Because if your faith needs to go up, that means you haven't heard something that I need to say to you. Then he says, okay, now, as I talk to you about faith, I need you to understand that faith is not necessarily an overnight process. It takes time. And so faith is like the grain of a mustard seed. You put it in the ground and it takes some faith and some patience. And then he says, number three, now, see, see, now I need you to say something. Watch this now. Luke chapter 17, Luke verse 6. He says that you might say. To this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the roots and be planted in the sea. And that's the problem with people. We don't understand that the faith process has to have your participation. You have to say something. Faith is never quiet. How did the walls of Jericho come down? They had to say something. That's how you got saved. Oh, so you mean to tell me that your words are powerful enough to get you saved, but they can't help you walk out your salvation? Here's the bad part. We use words. We are saying things. We're just saying the wrong things. All you have to do is examine your life. And the Bible calls it the fruit of your lips. If you just look at your life, if it's in turmoil, your mouth is in turmoil. You know what? I have found out. Ask me what I've discovered. I can tell you the secret of always being able to stay broke. Would you like to know what that secret is? Y'all need to know because some of y'all, you're broke. But you don't know why. Because that's all you say. My check is never enough. Somebody just said that. Somebody, I'm talking to somebody right now. Hopefully they're not in the house. I know I'm talking to somebody though. So let me just look at the camera so I won't look at nobody. It'll be like, ooh, he's looking at me, girl. That's all you say. My check ain't never enough. They ain't paying me enough. They don't respect my time. I always have more bills than money. Mm-hmm. Seem like every time I fix something, something else breaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, what you don't understand is every time you say something, heaven is saying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What well, you say, well, why? Let's look at number four. Real quick, number four. What's the fourth thing Jesus did? He gave them what they could expect to happen when they did these three things. Look in verse 17, Luke 17, 6 again. The Lord said to them, have faith as a grain of mustard seed. You might say unto this tree, be removed, be plucked into the sea and plucked up by the root. And then he says, and it should obey you. Your mouth is designed to obey you. So you know why your faith ain't working? Because you are flowing in spiritual schizophrenia. Over here, bless the Lord, God is good, He loves me. And then over here, you're like, you know, I'm broke, I'm disgusted, my husband acted up. See, you're saying everything other than what the Word says. 
So quickly here, Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. Quick, 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 quick. Mark 11. I'm going to tie this down for you. Mark 11. You don't just have what you pray. You have what you say. It says, and on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree afar off having leaves. He came to it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said to it. Watch this. Jesus is following his own rules. All those rules I just gave you. When he asked them, when they said, hey, increase our faith. Those four things, Jesus flowed in them. What is the first thing he did? It says, and he answered. Wow, wow. He answered what? He answered the tree. Trees talk. Yes, they do. Just like your bank account talks. Ain't nothing in it. Hello, put, put something in me. Put something in me. It says, and he answered and said to the tree. What, what did he say to the tree? He says, you know what? Nobody's going to eat fruit from you hereafter. And watch this. And his disciples heard it, which means that when he said it, he said it out loud. And when you say it, if you want your faith to work, you got to talk out loud. You got to talk out loud. You do it. Listen, you do it all the time. Why don't you just do it when it comes to the word? He said, and so they, they heard him. Because faith is not private. And they came to Jerusalem, went through the temple, jumped down. In other words, they went and then they came back. And so verse 19 says, and when the evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, 24 hours later, they passed by the fig tree and it was dried up from the roots. I think God wanted us to to see it that way because some problems, when you start speaking the word, when you start using your mouth to declare what God says, it's working on the roots. So this is why a lot of times we don't see the results instantly because it's working at the root of the problem. And here it is, the word is working at the roots. And it, listen, listen, our words are killing whatever needs to die. But when you start saying the opposite, the process stops. And Peter calling the remember said, Master, behold the fig tree which you curse, it's withered away. It's withered away. It's withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, listen, he says, have faith in God. So now he's going to tell us the process again. He said, this is how you have faith, fellas. He said, verily I say unto you. Remember, he's saying something to them. Remember the first process? Jesus said something to them. He's about to do it now. He said, verily I say unto you. So the very thing he did to that tree, he's about to do to them now. Did the tree obey him? Okay, so now, does Jesus have what he say? Well, he does, because the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light, and that was what? That was why. Why? Because Jesus is going to have what he says. So now he's saying, listen, fellas, I want to say this to you. Here's the promise I'm going to make you. He says, whosoever shall say to the mountain, not think about it, be removed, be cast into the sea, and don't doubt in his heart. Watch this. But shall believe that those things which he what? Say. Shall what? Come to pass. What's going to happen? He's going to have whatever he what? Notice it didn't say he's going to have whatever he pray. Typically, we pray one time. But we say a whole lot of times. And a lot of times, what you're saying contradicts what you prayed. So how do we apply this word? How do we apply this? How do we apply? Because see, here's the thing. So, okay. So, uh, I've been getting questions about the confession that I make personally in my personal life and over the church. I started getting text messages, emails, even online. People say, Pastor, can you send me the confession? These are people who don't even go to the church too, some of them, right? 
So you say, well, Pastor, what, what do you mean? When we first started Word of Truth Family Church, when I first started, we needed, because it was three full-time people, we needed $6,000 a week to run the church. I don't know about you, I ain't never had $6,000 worth of bills a week in my life. $6,000. But I knew the process of faith. I knew what I'm teaching you right now. I knew that I was going to have to, first of all, put a seed in the ground because faith is like the grain of a mustard seed. If whatever I want in the natural, I got to put some seed in the spiritual. So I knew, okay. So that's why Word of Truth has always been a giving church. Always been a giving church. And so we always gave. And so I use this confession that I'm going to read right now and I will pass it out to you all next week. But this confession is what I still use today to bring increase into the house. I say, Father, I thank you that Word of Truth Family Church is a giving church. Are we a giving church? You saw that last week. We gave, we gave $500 to somebody who did a confession in 15 seconds. I mean, multiply that. How, what is that, an hour? Wow. Father, I thank you that Word of Truth Family Church, it's a giving church. And because we are givers, you said men will give back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shake together, and run it over. And I declare that our giving returns to us in a multiplied way. Thank you, Father, that a minimum of $100,000 comes in every week with no stress, strain, or struggle. And I thank you for favor abounding toward our church in every way in Jesus' name. And you can take this confession and you use it for your world. You plug in whatever number you want. You say, Pastor Evan, I don't believe that works. That's fine. Don't do it. I ain't begging you. But I know it works. You know why? Because I started doing this with 6,000. 6,000 started coming in. Then one day I got smart. I was like, well, I don't want my bills to go up before my confession go up. So I went from 6,000. I started confessing eight. 8,000 started coming in. And what was interesting is one week, I mean, 8,000 started coming in. And then one week, six came in. I'm like, whoa, 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 that don't match my confession. And then guess what? The following week, 10 came in. It made up for the two that didn't come in. And I went from six to eight, eight to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, 15 to 25. And I'll never forget when we was around uh, 32,000 a week. Because see, y'all may not, I know, I know these are big numbers, but I'm, I'm putting that out there on purpose for you. You need to grow up. You need. I'm tired of giving you baby food. This ain't Gerber. This is Word of Truth Family Church. You need some meat in your. Get your teeth out. Go buy you some if you ain't got none. But you better get the chewing this morning. Church, it takes $63,000 to run this church a week. And you talking about your light bill, that's $15. So I started, so, so, so I'm over time. Can y'all give me three more minutes? So listen, 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 listen. So I'll never forget, we were at 32000 And the Lord, see, I was making up my own number. And don't, don't, don't walk out of here talking about, well, I'm going to start saying 50000 a week. Well, no, no, can you just believe for 500 first? So anyway... We're 32, and the Lord gives me a number. He says, I want you to start confessing 50,000. I said, I'm not doing that. No, I, I did. I told the Lord, I said, I'm not doing that. Because it was a big jump from 32 to 50. That's a lot. I was going in increments, you know. And, 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 and so he said 50. I said, I'm not doing that. So a few months go by, maybe two months, 
go by. And all of a sudden, I get a call on Monday with the results from the finance team. $50,000 came in. I was like, wow, that's interesting. It ain't like nobody wrote a big check. And the Lord spoke to me, said, see, I just wanted you to see that the potential for it was here. Now, it could have been coming in. Now, you got to wait and start the process all over. Because, see, I didn't do the 50. Now, eventually, you can see we got past that, right? But here's my point. You take that confession and you do it for you. If your check is, if your check is, let's say, 3000 every two weeks or 6000 a month, what you going to do? Raise it to eight. He said, well, Pastor, where the money going to come from? Does it matter? So I had a pastor because, you know, I share this with pastors. Because, see, believing in private is so much better than begging in public. And I just, y'all just not going to get that out of me. I'm just sorry. No, no, I'm not, not, not going to beg. I shouldn't beg. I'm not going to beg. <laughs> Somebody be like, he's a bold man up there. He's a bold man. So anyway, I was telling this pastor this. My first pastor that I sent out, I told him this process. He started doing it. First, he tried to take this big old number. He was like, I'm going to believe for 7000 a week. No, brother, you, you at two right now. That's too far. So I helped him figure out a number. So he started confessing a number. I'll never forget, like week two, he calls me. Pastor Eddie, uh, uh, faith is working in McKinney. So and so, that much came in. I was like, praise the Lord. He called me the next week. Same thing. Faith is working in McKinney. Third week, he called me sad. Let's say the number was 4,000. Let's say the number was four. He called me sad. He's like, Pastor, um, you know, the 4,000 the 4, came in. I was like, well, why you sound like that? He says, well, most of it came from a real estate deal uh, from the tithe that my wife and I made some money from. I say, so now you want to discriminate where the money come from. If God wanted to use one person to write the whole thing, what difference does it make to you? So how do we apply this? Number one, consistently get in the word. You got to hear it. You need to see it. You need to speak it. You need to sing it. Number two, mix your faith and the word by using or doing it. Number three, watch this, confess the word over your life until you see it. So with every head, did y'all get something out of the word today? Thank you. So I, I, went, I went over, but my apologies. I think it was worth it. Praise the Lord. So with every head bowed, if you're watching me, just bow your head right there where you are. I pray that conviction and inspiration took place today. Somebody's been crying out, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me. And he's trying to help you today. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Maybe you're examining the fruit in your life and it's all rotten. Maybe it's rotten because your words are rotten. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word today. I pray that it will go down on the inside and root up and dig up and plant hope and faith 
and, and inspiration and by the motivation to do what we've heard. And I thank you for your people today in the word. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?